Hey, shop owner, I need a favor. We need your help with our annual industry survey. This survey gives us a quick snapshot of your shop that we compile into a neatly packaged report so that you can see how shops across the industry are performing. Visit ratchetandrich.com and at the top of the page, click RW Industry Survey to get started. It takes about 15 minutes. Thanks. Welcome to Ratchet and Rinse Radio, an Endeavor business media podcast, bringing you strategies and inspiration for auto care success, featuring the voices of shop owners, thought leaders, and influencers from around the auto care industry. Today, our guest is Dave Brown of DSB Leadership Group. Uh, if you recall from last year, I know, I know, it's been a long time, but we did a piece on networking last year, last spring. And so we finally got Dave on to talk about networking as we are headed into this high season of networking. You know, women in auto care, the conference is kicking off today. Uh, Vision's kicking off next week. We've got uh, STX coming up, ATI coming up. So many conferences are coming up this spring. And I thought it'd be pertinent to have Dave come on and really talk about how to maximize your conference experience. Uh, He's going to give you four bonafide steps that will help you to be a savvy networker at these events so that you go back to your shop and come back with a lot of energy, a lot of action, and some great relationships that you can carry with you uh, for years to come. So here's Dave after this message. Psst, hey you. Yeah, you. Can I tell you how fired up I am about the 2024 Ratchet and Management Conference happening September 12th through the 14th at the Renaissance Orlando at SeaWorld in Orlando, Florida? That's right. Our theme this year, powering your shop, fueling the fun. When you register at rwconference.com, you'll join industry leaders for an exclusive business building conference for auto repair shop owners, operators, and managers. This year, it's a new location. It's a new format. And it's going to be a whole lot of fun. We've got over 30 strategy sessions. We've got roundtables. We've got keynotes. And best of all, we've got lots of valuable networking to put you in proximity of some of the industry's leading operators so you can soak in their knowledge. Plus, we're looking for speakers. If you'd like to present a session, visit rwconference.com and under the conference tab, click call for speakers to throw your hat into the ring. Again, rwconference.com to register, and I'll see you in Orlando. And now, on to our guest. Well, hey, Dave, welcome to Ratchet and Rinse Radio. Thank you so much for having me. Yeah, it's a pleasure to have you, man. Uh, you know, it's it's great to talk to you. Last year, we did the piece on uh, networking, and we finally get a chance to put this, put the voice behind it. So everyone gets to hear your, your tips and tactics on how, you know, shop owners and business owners should be networking out in the wild here. And in automotive, we're about to hit high conference season. So first of all, before we get started with that, I'd love for you to tell people about yourself and about your business. Thank you so much, Chris. I appreciate it. I am the president and CEO of DSB Leadership Group. We help professionals and organizations elevate their voice and their brand through leadership training sales training, and my special niche, 
public speaking and presentation skills training. That's what I do. I'm also one half of the duo of Twins Talk It Up. It's a podcast that's focusing on leadership and strategic communication skills. And then we also have another podcast called Twins Talk Tech Leadership, where we elevate voices within the technology space. We've got books, we've got journals, all around helping professionals and business owners learn to increase their influence from public speaking to leadership training. You are a busy man, Dave. <laughs> I love what I love what I do. I'll tell you, I love it. Oh yeah, now you can see it. It shows how much you love what you do, based on how much energy you put into your your work, man. With between the podcast, the books, the speaking thing, everything you do, you do wholeheartedly. I can attest to that as someone who knows you. <laughs> I appreciate it, Chris. We do go back some years and it is good to be able to see that we can intersect in conversations like this because we're both aligned on the same, with the same purpose, the same goal of helping leaders to maximize their time, get back their RI they're looking for, and to make sure that they're getting their brand out there. So I love what we're doing. I love what you're doing. Thank you so much for having me on to share some thoughts. Yeah, so let's talk about networking, you know. Conference, like I said, conference season's coming up. We're about to hit this big stride in automotive. You know, what are your top, you know, things or your top tips for being a very savvy networker? What does a person have to do or become to be a savvy networker? Well, I'll say we, we get in this conference swing, and I go to a lot of different conferences. My twin and I are doing conference shows together. I'm getting ready to head to New Orleans in a few weeks. I'm doing a conference there, and I'm speaking at that conference. Conferences can be draining, but they could be incredible opportunities, gold mines for accomplishing some of the goals that you have personally and your organization may have as a whole. So I think it's important to be able to walk into any conference, any event with the right mindset, understanding that there's some tips that may help support your agenda, what you're trying to get out of it. And I will say at the same time, have some fun. You want to learn, you want to grow, you want to enjoy your time there. And it can't just be all about work and no play, but to answer your question, I have four tips, and if you want, we could kind of break them down, Chris. But my four tips that I offer in my trainings that I offer to leaders, I say, how do I make the most of my conferences? I start with number one, know before you go. What is it you're trying to accomplish? What plan have you put in place to achieve the goals that you want to put out there? Is there anybody you need to meet? Is there a agenda that you might have that might accomplish uh, one or two goals that you have in the back end to hit that quarterly uh, quota. What is it you want to accomplish? You've got to plan your conference agenda. You've got to make sure you're successful before the conference even starts. And we could talk about tips on how to do that. The second thing I offer in my training is you've got to be confident, but you've got to also have what I call the power of curiosity. Can you be inquisitive enough? What is it about that conference, those individuals, that you can ask questions that perhaps they're not going to be asked by anybody else. Not everybody's going to have access to a Chris Jones to be able to say, hey, teach me how to be a good reporter or teach me how to ask the right questions. I would say be inquisitive. Open into questions are the best. No yes or no answers, nothing they've ever heard before, but be inquisitive. Ask great questions. Be that person that wants to penetrate deeper than anybody else, and you're going to get out of that conference what you need. You're going to get out of the networking opportunities what you want. The third tip is you got to give before you receive. Now, it might counter go counteract what you're thinking initially. Why do I want to give away my secrets? Why do I want to give away ideas? Why do I want to give, give to somebody else? I'm going there to get something. The truth of the matter is 
you've got to have the mindset to give. And if you plant with that mindset, planting the seed, planting the idea, planting some shared knowledge, everybody's going to be able to eat of that fruit. I tell people to look at it like a bank. If you go to your bank, chances are you're going to want to withdraw money. But in order to withdraw money, you've got to have money in the bank. You've got to put in more before you can reap the benefits and taking things out. That's why it's important. You've got to give before you receive. And Chris, we're, we're definitely able to jump into that if you want a little bit more and into detail. And then the last tip I give others, everybody in that training that I provide is this. When the conference is all over, when all is said and done, you're back from that retreat. You're back from that show, back from that conference. You got to make sure you follow up. What's the point of going if you don't follow up and follow through to make sure you've captured that RRI, to make sure you've captured that name, that lesson, that idea, to make sure you maximize your time, make sure you follow up and you follow through. Those are my four quick tips. Awesome. No, I love that. And I do want to unpack each one of them. Let's start with the first one, you know, know before you go, you know, so what do we do to prepare for the conference? Like, How does a person who's going to a conference start to, you know, prepare for the event itself? That's a great question. And I'll say it starts as simple as going to the event page, the conference page. Usually conferences will have a designated website and that website will contain all the ins and outs of what's going to happen at that conference what the agenda is going to look like, who the speakers are going to be at that conference. Start with that. You can align with your team which sessions are going to be best for every individual going to that conference to attend. You could also get with your team to say, who are the strategic partners, the vendors, the leaders that we have to connect with when we're there? You map that out. Then you also go and say, based on what I've seen on LinkedIn, Eventbrite, you could capture which leaders, which attendees are active. They said, I can't wait to be there. I'm looking forward to speaking. I'm looking forward to this session. Then you can actually integrate that into your plan. And when you plan for the conference, you're going with a purpose. You're going with a focus. And when you do that, you're going to feel better about yourself because you've been able to focus on the goals that you have. You've attacked those goals. You've accomplished those goals. You come back knowing, hey, this was a worthwhile trip because we planned out every single component of that conference. This is why it's important to sit down with your team and say, what is it we need to go after? What sessions do we need to attend? And who do we need to meet when we're there? I also would say this, Chris, if you don't mind me sharing this. I've been to enough conferences to know that it's important that you show up early. It gives you a different vantage point. Who's coming in the room? You have the first crack at bat, so to speak. You could go up to that person. You know where you're going to be positioned to see who's going on stage, who's coming off stage. It gives you the ability to be able to say, which of these booths do I need to go and see myself visiting, having that conversation? Attend early. Maximize those time, that time you have. Maximize your resources. But don't forget, check the event page or the website. Check Eventbrite. Check LinkedIn. You'll know who you need to go after. Yeah, I can think of no greater tragedy, Dave, than spending six, seven hundred bucks on a conference and then just walking around haphazardly, you know, standing around the wall, you know, just watching people walk by you and like really having no no sense of engagement in you, you know. And then you go back and you say, Well, hey, how was the conference? Well, I got nothing out of it. <laughs> that is so true. <laughs> and let me let me throw this out as something that might help because there are several people that come to me and say, Dave, I'm an introvert. 
I know I need to go. I know I need to be a part of this. It's going to help my business. It's going to help me. What do I do when I just don't have the nerves to just jump into a conversation with someone? Well, look at the body language of the groups that are there. If you see a bunch of professionals that huddled around each other and their body language doesn't invite you in, don't go there. That's not for you. But if you can say to yourself, there's a group or two that I can see myself talking to those individuals, go for it. Go with a friend. Do a name drop. I may not know everybody at this conference, but guess what? I know a Chris Jones, and he might know Chris Jones, or I've seen that they were connected on LinkedIn. Throw the name out there. See if it engages a dialogue. It is not easy to go to a conference, walk away, feel great, if you don't have a goal or an agenda that you want to see accomplished. So please, write out a goal. It can be very simple. But as long as you have a goal and you walk away knowing you did that goal, you're going to feel great about yourself. Yeah. One thing I try to do with conferences is I try to say, I give myself a three relationship rule. Who are the three people that I need to meet while I'm there? If I meet more, great. But I don't want to meet less than these three people and have a conversation with these three people. Love that. I think that's fantastic. And what's such a great tip because a lot of these conferences, you're going to run into people you've never met before, people you want to meet. But as long as you go, I've got these three individuals. I've got to touch them. I've got to get in touch with them. I've got to say hello to them. I've got to get a conversational follow-up. You're going to walk away satisfied. I love that you said that, Chris. Yeah, yeah. And the whole thing about the introverts, I think something else, there's great power in, like you said, the association, the associating with other people. So finding someone that you already know and asking that person for a warm introduction. Say, hey, look, John, you know, there's Steve over here. I've really wanted to meet with him, but, you know, can you, can you introduce me to Steve since you know him? I think that's wonderful. I love that. And that's the power of the name drop. That's the power of the introduction. And I was invited to a large conference coming up in a couple months. And the COO reached out to me and said, hey, we don't really know each other all that well, but I would love for you to attend this conference. And my response to the COO is, if I go to this conference, can you set aside X amount of time for me specifically? And can you do an introduction to which the COO said, sure. <laughs> you don't know if you don't ask. So I appreciate you saying that. That's right. So let's look at number two. You talk about being confident and having the power of curiosity. Break that down for us, Dave. Well, let's start with confidence. Confidence is a mindset. You've got to believe that you're there for a reason. You may not be the quote unquote Tony Robbins of your field. You may not have the most dealerships in your industry, but you're there for a reason. And you've got to believe that you're there to make an impact. You're there because someone there needs to know who you are. Some organization there needs to know who you are. So go in with the right mindset. Be confident. The thing that I share with people, which is really, really odd, but it's true. We all get nervous. But specifically, when it comes to you, the majority of people around you will never know that you're nervous. They assume you're confident. You're assured of yourself. You're there for a reason. You have a purpose. So unless you show that you're nervous, they won't believe that you are. So you got to be confident. Your body language is the most important aspect of communication. Now, we talk about communication success. What does it take? Is it the words that you use? Is it the language that you use? Is it the tone of your, your language? Is it the, what I saw, the cadence of your speech? It really is your body language. As a matter of fact, 55% of your success in terms of the outcome of your conversations is due to your body language. Never forget, when you're nervous, just smile. A smile invites others to smile with you. A smile breaks down tension. So look at yourself and say, I'm there for a reason. I'm meant to be here, and that mindset is going to help you to go in with the right type of focus. The other thing is be genuinely curious. People know when you're asking a question just to get to your point. But 
if you ask a question because you generally want to know what's going on in their mind or you generally want to understand about their practice and how they run their business or you generally want to understand what processes they put in place and ensure that they're hitting their, their KPIs, then they're going to love that. That's why you have to be inquisitive enough to ask open-ended questions, questions that invoke a response that's more than just a yes or a no. This is going to help you. And then the last thing I'll share when it comes to being confident and being inquisitive, Chris, is do you have an elevator pitch? Everybody's going to ask you, who are you? What is it you do? If you can't share what you do in a concise manner that's clear and, yes, under 30 seconds, people may walk away confused. They may walk away wondering what it is you really do with your company. They may walk away wondering if you're there for a reason and a purpose. You've got to understand this. And this is why even now I teach this course at SMU about how to craft a winning elevator pitch. You've got to know how to introduce yourself, Chris. You have to do it. So my question or my thought to how to capture this, go with the right mindset, generally be curious to where they eventually tell you everything you want to know. <laughs> and then third, have a way to introduce who you are, your company, what it is that you do in a concise manner. Yeah. And the one thing I find out, one thing I've found about conferences is people do, people love when you approach them. People love to, they, show, they love to share their secrets. People love to talk. And the more you, the more you, the more questions you ask, the more they will, they're willing to open up and share their thoughts with you. I agree with that. And I think what's interesting about this, and this is just from you and I both being conference veterans, is people don't mind you asking them about who they are, what it is they do. They actually welcome that. They love talking about themselves. They love talking about their company. And there's something about that feeling that they have. And they're going to associate that with you because no other person, no other attendee is probably going to approach them in that same way. And that emotional connection will actually help you when you do the follow-up. Mm -hmm. Now, there's there's one kind of a, a, a 1B in here, you know, it's kind of caught between know before you go and the confidence yep. curiosity is you talked about the agenda, right? Going through mm -hmm. the agenda when you plan and you know, one strategy, and I'd love for you to unpack it is looking at, looking at the conference speaker bios and figuring out, okay, who in here do I want to talk to and really getting to know who these speakers are and then coming up with a plan for how you want to approach these particular speakers to learn or engage. What are your thoughts on, you know, kind of combing the bios and seeing, okay, is this a speaker that I want to get to know more? Is this a speaker that has something that I'd love to hear on a deeper level? That's a great question. I generally will say that the best approach is not only to look at the entire agenda of the conference, look at who all the speakers are, but to meet with your team to come up with a plan to say, which of these leaders do we need to have an interaction with? Do we need to connect with? And it could be something along the line of, this is a, a product or a service that we're trying to capture and they're speaking on that. Or this is an area of our organization that we need to get better at. And this speaker identifies with that. And, or it could just be for yourself. Hey, I'm going to this conference. I know I'm going to sit in with these three speakers. But this person, this person doesn't go to conferences very often. But when they speak, the entire room wants to know what they're talking about. Then you go after that person specifically. And that's the way that I look at going to conferences. I don't go to conferences. I'm not always enamored by the big name. I'll be honest with you, Chris, because everybody hears from them. I hear from them. I'm at enough conferences where I hear the same people speaking all the time. So unless it's aligned, their topic, with what I need out of that conference, I generally try to find someone else 
that will closely match what it is I want to get out of that conference or what I want to get in terms of my own alignment that I'll say, that's the speaker I want to connect with. And so generally I'll go beyond just the bio they put on the website. I'll look at their LinkedIn page. And if it's possible, I'll send them a LinkedIn connection saying something to the effect of looking forward to seeing you at the conference. Can't wait to hear your insights and thoughts on this topic. I will hope that during this conversation or during that time, I'll be able to come up and introduce myself to you. Just that little note goes a long way to perhaps creating that bridge for a possible follow-up. Oh, I love that. I love like the LinkedIn. That's like an extra oomph because it's very personal. It's so personal. That's very good. All right. And along the lines of curiosity, you know, the other side of conferences beyond the speaker side is the vendor side. You know, there's all these vendors who come to share their wares, they share their software, whatever, whatever they've got. How important is it to not be dismissive of that, but to say, okay, we're going to go in here, are the vendors we definitely want to see, but let's keep an open mind to these vendors because maybe they've got something that we haven't thought about, or they've got a different way of improving our productivity within our shop. That's such a great question. And I'll say that what was interesting for me is last year I was invited to a conference in Orlando and I actually did a workshop, two workshops for vendors on how to have the right mindset, how to create the right atmosphere, how to approach people that are at their conference, the attendees. But when you're an attendee, what's an incredible bonus, a lot of these conferences will actually post where the different vendors are going to be on the show floor. And then you could map it out so that you're not just getting lost and captivated by every color, sign, note, smile. You, you got to be able to be focused and you got to be able to go in and weave through the show floor to get to the four or five booths, vendors that you need to meet with. And the way that I would do it is I would map it out if it's there. Now, not, not every conference would map out their floor in terms of where the booths are, but the good ones will. And when they do, you could actually point where you want to go with each of these vendors. And then what I would do is this, have not just those four or five vendors you need to meet with, but also who are the leaders within these vendors that you know will be there that you need to speak with specifically. Because every vendor will have at least one or two key voices, and then they'll have probably two, maybe three leaders from the team that will show up and they'll be there, but they're really more helping to ease the flow of traffic, the attendees going in and out, giveaways that they'll give the general information about the company. But what I would do is go to those four or five vendors. If that leader's not there, then make a plan to go back to when that voice, when that person that you need to meet with is there, and then make sure you capture the audience and say, hey, I heard you were going to be here. I had to come back to see you. This is the time I needed to meet with you. They'll appreciate that. And they'll know that you're not just there just to take a giveaway to your, for your little kids at home or to take it back to your office, but you're there with a purpose. You're there with an agenda. And the other thing to keep in mind is that often a lot of these vendors will have specials. And these specials will only be given during the actual conference. And it might be an opportunity for you to be able to go in and say, hey, I could demo a product. Or I could come in and get a certain price at a, at a, a product at a price point. So these are things that you might want to keep in mind when you're going there. But I generally teach Find the vendors you want to meet with, the four or five, map it out, and then make sure you know which of these leaders that you want to speak with will be at that booth at a specific time. Maximize your time. Don't just walk away with giveaways and and what I call merch. Ah, I love it. Yeah. The swag bag isn't bad, but yeah, go with purpose. (laughs) (laughs) That's so true. Uh, Yeah. You know, my 
Plenty of mouse pads. Plenty of mouse pads. <laughs> there are. Uh, oh my gosh. So, so number three. Let's look at number three. You know, give before you receive. Let's let's talk about this idea of just you know giving. You know, because I know a lot of people feel like, well, I'm just here as an attendee. Yeah. I'm I'm here to be given to. I have nothing sure. to give. But that's not true. We always have something to give, Chris. We do. I, I joke with people that if you don't get what you need from me, wait thirty seconds. You'll see my identical twin behind me. You can ask him. But Let's be real about this. If you're going just for the merch, you're going to walk away with all the merch you want. Trust me. At the end of the day, a lot of these vendors, they just give it away because they, they don't want to go back on the plane with this information. They want to ship it back. But if you go with the mindset here of, you know what? I might have a secret sauce. But if you watch all the videos on YouTube, Facebook, if you see these guys on TikTok, they don't give you every little secret ingredient. I'm in the state of Texas, and some of the best barbecue in the world's here, and they're not going to give you every little ingredient of what makes our barbecue so special, but guess what they'll do? They'll give you some insight into some of the ingredients. Yeah, you're going to want to smoke it at this temperature for this many hours. Don't forget this to be added in your rub. Don't forget to do this at this room temperature. They give you a little insight, and so it's okay to go to the conference knowing that you might be that company that people want to look to. You might be that leader, that voice that people want to gravitate towards. It's okay to be able to give away some of your secret sauce. Don't just give it all away. It's okay to say, I'm going to share something with you that's worked for me. I've done time blocking, or here's the book that I've been leaning towards. Here's a podcast that I've been listening to. Those are some great pearls, those great nuggets that I believe will be the seeds that you plant that could grow fruit for everybody. But if you go to the conference with the mindset of, okay, I need to get this for me, I need to set this appointment, I need to get that done, first of all, people feel when they're being used or they you have an agenda that's not generally for both of you. If you go in with the mindset of, I'm there to give, I guarantee you're going to walk away in line with one or two people, the right organization, and you'll be giving back and forth. And let me also say, we're in a different time now when it comes to sales. Everything is about strategic partnerships. It's about aligning with people who know people. And if you can't leverage the aspect of I'm going to give, you might be losing out on great opportunities down the road. Yeah, absolutely. And also, I think, you know, when you're, when you're, in, you're in business, you're there because you are a business owner. You have obviously built something successful. You're able to, to cover and float the conference, bring your team, so all that. So you're doing well in your own right. And you don't know, like, even if you're a business for two years, three years, four years, you're still one, two, three years ahead of some new person who's been at the conference. So you you do have something to share retrospectively to somebody who's just getting started, maybe. So, I mean, just go there to, with, the, with the idea that I'm going to be a resource to somebody else as well, because, you know, some people can learn from you. We can all learn from each other. That is so true, Chris. And I've learned so much, even from the relationships that I've built over the years at different conferences. And different conferences have different fields. When you're going to a tech conference, when you're going to a financial conference, when you're going to a nonprofit conference, they all have a different feel about them. And it takes time to understand how you could give, how you're going to be able to walk away with what I call a win. And so you've got to take the time to understand the environment. You've got to understand the audience. You've got to understand the conference. So I agree with you. you it takes time, but at the, at the end of the day, if you do it right and you become a conference veteran, you're going to walk away with more wins with that mindset of giving. Yeah. And most importantly, I think your story is unique. No one oh. has your story. No one has the, no one has dealt with the struggles you've dealt with, the triumphs you've had. No one has dealt with that. So you have a very unique story and posture that you're bringing to this thing. I love that you said that. And that's so true. When I teach the workshop on 
how to prepare for a conference to all the different vendors, I let them know, you got to be comfortable and know your story inside and out. But you've also got to know the story of the attendees that are coming in to meet you. They all have been through different challenges. Some of them, maybe they were gifted. I don't want to say gifted. That's not the right way. Maybe they inherited, so to speak, their business. Others grew it. That's their baby. And if you understand that that's their baby, sweat, tears that they poured into it, you're going to approach them in a different manner. You're going to have a different type of conversation because it's going to be very hard for them just to let go and the trust components or aspects of their business. And if you understand that, you're going to be able to best position yourself and your company to find success. Right on. All right. And so finally, the follow-up. Talk about follow-up for us. If you don't follow up, what was the whole point of the conference? Conferences, Chris, can be draining. You know this. You walk away, you're exhausted. I need another week just to recoup, recover. I need to come down from this emotional high. Well, let me throw this out as a caveat. Yes, you need to give them a day or two because oftentimes they're going to go back with their team's their employees, they're going to have their conversations. What do we walk away with? What do we walk away walk away from? What were our business cards we got? And by the way, we're in a new age of technology where you don't always have to carry business cards, but there, we could talk about that at another time. But what do we walk away with? How do we calculate our ROI? Then they should be hearing from you. If they don't hear from you, what's the whole point? So I encourage all conference attendees, give it a day or two. If the conference is Thursday, Friday, Wait till Tuesday, give that follow-up email, follow-up call. If the conference is early in the week, Monday, Tuesday, maybe put a ping in on a Friday saying, I'm looking forward to following with you. I will send you a message on Monday. But you want to follow through to ensure that that emotional high or that connection that you made doesn't just stay there. You've got to build off of that momentum. In a sense, you got to close that loop. Remember the first tip we talked about. If you have a plan, you're going to plan the win. You got to set out the agenda, but now you got to close that loop. Did we accomplish all the goals that we set up? Did we meet with the people we needed to meet with during that conference? This is why it's important to close that loop. Why? Because you want to be able to justify to your team that these conferences are worth it. You want to justify to your team that we need to invest more time, more money, more resources to building more momentum from these conferences. This is why it's important to close that loop. And this is why you got to follow up and follow through. My encouragement is remember this, not everybody's going to be on the same page you are when it comes to a follow-up. They might be overwhelmed with emails, overwhelmed with calls. Be patient, be strategic, and make sure you don't just leave one email or one call. You got to leave several touch points in order to get them to align with what you want to get accomplished in terms of those goals. So that's what I would encourage people to do. I don't know if there's any other thoughts you might have on that, Chris, but if you don't follow through, I'm telling you, you're going to drop the ball and making sure you capture the goal of your whole conference attendance. Yeah, no, absolutely. I think follow-up is everything. I mean, I think that, you know, when you're in business, you know that, you know, if you don't follow up with a customer, you don't get the sale. So it's, a, it's the exact same thing with networking. If you don't follow up with the person you're networking with, you're not going to get that connection. You're not going to build that relationship. And you know, that relationship could take you next level. You don't know where that relationship is going to take you. Um, exactly. And so, and so as part of follow-up, you know, there's also not just follow up with the attendees at the conference, but following up with your team. When you get back and you sit down with your team and you guys have all been in the conference, how should that follow-up look, Dave? I think that's an excellent question. The first thing I do is I, and I, I, I would say be someone who can exaggerate in the right way. Oh, my. Whoo, what a conference. 
it just lets everybody release that tension, release that energy, that excitement. And don't be the first to talk if you're the leader. Let them tell you what they got of it. Let them share their wins, their victories, and then celebrate those things. Did they go to the conference with their own goals? Did they accomplish their portion of the plan? Celebrate all of those things before you throw in your voice. Because we know this in leadership. When the leader speaks first, it tends to guide how everybody else will respond. My thought is this. Give it a day, maybe two. Bring everybody to the table. Have something light, whether it's coffee, beverages, refreshments of some sort. And just, just exhale in a good way. And then let the team just talk. Write down their thoughts. Jot down all the things. You become the, the person, the scribe, so to speak. And then you share your thoughts. And allow that brainstorming session to lead into actionable follow-up items. But you've got to be able to bring that together with your team. And if you're the first to speak, I promise you, you're not going to get the best and the most out of your people. No, I absolutely agree. And that's a great way to figure out you know, where the team's mindset is in terms of what they want to implement next as a team or what they want to do or where they see the, the business going as part of that exactly. team. You know, and some, but something that I think, you know, and I want to put out there that a lot of a lot of business owners do. I'm not, you know, I'm not sure if shop owners do, but I know a lot of business owners do. Is this temptation to over implement? They come back from the conference. They, you know, they've got all these ideas. Like, okay, I've heard about this. I've talked to this person about how he ran his shop doing this. This person says he does this, and they want to do everything, make these sweeping changes, which, which becomes overwhelming to the team. How can a leader resist over implementation, Dave? Well, I'll say that every time you watch a game whether it's a sport, you go to a symphony or a show, you come back excited about something, and then that emotional high will eventually come down. You've got to go back to what is our business plan? What did we establish for the year or for the quarter? And if it doesn't align with that, don't change it. Because what you might be doing is hurting your organization and hurting the momentum you've already been building. What I would say is integrate slightly, slowly, it's almost like as if you're baking. My daughter loves to bake and she's baking these dishes. And sometimes you got to fold in a new ingredient. You got to fold in something to make sure that that ingredient gets integrated in the right way and it builds the right dessert. If you want a recipe for success with your company, don't come back thinking you got to infuse, inject a hundred ideas. You might want to fold in one or two that's already in alignment with your business plans and then maybe evaluate as that quarter comes to an end, to say which of these tools or which of these strategies do we need to make sure takes takes hold, and that's how you move the company forward. Because if you don't do that and you're in the conference circuit, you're going to have four or five conferences that circuit, and you're going to come back and make four or five big sweeping changes. You're never going to get anywhere with that. One or two, but you got to fold it in and keep it in alignment with what you're already doing. All right. And lastly, the biggest one, like you talked about at the very beginning, is have fun. You got to have a good time. You got to have fun. And let me put this out as a caveat. A lot of these companies will have these parties during the event. They'll have these little excursions during the event. You could do those things, but just remember you're working, but you can have fun. Let your hair down a little bit, but don't let it down to the point where you forget that you're still there with a focus. You got to have a good time because that brings you back again. You look forward to going to them again. You enjoy those conversations. It's interesting the same people you run into on the circuit, those will be some of your best friends. You've got to be able to look at it and say, what can I walk away with as well? Have a great time. You are more energetic. You're more willing to give. 
you're more willing to be out of yourself when you're going with the mindset of I've enjoyed these opportunities and your company wants you to have that as well. Awesome. Dave, thank you so much for your time today. Great tips. Thank you so much for having me on. Such glad to be a part of this program and what you guys are doing for the community. Incredible work, Chris. Yeah, man. Well, cheers to great networking all year for for yourself and for the shop owners who are listening. (laughs) That's going to do it for us today at Ratchet & Wrench Radio. Be sure to check out other episodes on your favorite podcast player. And leave us a review if you found the episode to be helpful. Also, follow Ratchet & Wrench on Instagram, Facebook, and LinkedIn. You can get our newsletter delivered to your inbox four times a week, Ratchet & Wrench Insider, at ratchetandwrench.com forward slash subscribe. Thanks for listening and may the rest of your day be the best of your day. And we'll see you next week.